1: Hi, and welcome to the natural birth podcast, the podcast that is bringing embodied birth wisdom from women from all over the world, sharing their natural birth stories. Don't forget to subscribe and download so that you can always have access to these empowering and positive natural birth stories. Hi, my name is Anna, also known as The Spiritual Midwife, and I am the natural birth podcast host. I'm a midwife and a childbirth educator and I assist women in optimizing their chances of having an empowering and natural birth experience and a nourishing and healing postpartum. I offer holistic birth preparation and postpartum online courses worldwide for the conscious mama wanting to prepare emotionally, mentally, physically and spiritually for her birth and for her postpartum. And if you want to know more about me and what I do in the world, then visit me at thenaturalbirthcourse.com. If you had a natural and empowering birth experience that you would like to share with the world, then you can email me at annathespiritualmidwife@gmail.com, at gmail.com, and maybe your story will be featured on the Natural Birth Podcast. Now let's dive into today's episode. Today on the Natural Birth Podcast we have Anna. Anna is a mum of two from the UK now living in the outskirts of Stockholm, Sweden. When Anna fell pregnant with her first she really wanted a home birth but couldn't afford a midwife so she chose to birth in the hospital. Anna's labor and birth with her first could and was seen from the onlooker's perspective like a natural and straightforward birth. But not to Anna. Just the act of leaving one's house felt unnatural to Anna. And many things that unfolded during her pregnancy and labor and birth she wished was different in hindsight. So when she fell pregnant again, she chose a wild pregnancy and to free birth in her home. She then went on to become a radical birth keeper to assist women choosing to birth outside the system. Curious about Anna? Find her on Instagram as Turtle Goddess Birth. Hi, Anna, and welcome to the Natural Birth podcast. How are you today?
0: Thank you so much for having me on. Um, I'm feeling really, really good. And um, I think. Like you, I really like storytelling, and I think it's a really important way to get like messages through to um, to other women and families. So yeah, I'm really excited about today. I'm really excited too.
1: You are the first radical birthkeeper that's coming on ah. the natural birth August, that I know of. Uh, I have yeah. had another woman on, but she got she became a radical birthkeeper after our conversation oh right so you have to- that's amanda yeah. from the first oh season. yeah yeah and um yeah and i i'm really excited to hear your birth stories and um, we can also tell the listeners that and um, we're also planning to do some beautiful work together you and i in the in the free birth yes. space and in the pre-natal village kind of space and um, i'm really excited about that i'm excited to dive into the plethora of offerings here um in Sweden all from you know supporting free birthing women to women in the system birthing in hospitals wanting a natural and protected birth space and home births obviously I'm a wee bit I I had a home birth (laughs) and I'm still kind of really get much sleep but we will do our best I will try to keep (laughs) focused stay awake (laughs) awake and, and focus on your story and oh, yeah. so with no further ado Anna please share with us because I love yeah I'm so curious about your journey how you kind of started off with your first birth and how you ended up you know be, becoming a, a radical birth keeper and also having your free birth for your second so with no further ado please share with us a little bit about the background story of you know getting pregnant the first time the first birth and then diving into your mm. story
0: yeah thank you <laughs> um so I have two daughters and one the oldest is born in 2015 Isla and at the time my cycle was all over the place like I didn't have a regular cycle I had like I could have 40 days I could have uh 20 days it was like oh, six weeks three weeks da. da, da. So it took about it took eleven months to conceive, um, and I was a hundred percent wanting home birth. Really wanted a home birth, um, but during or in Sweden, you you might be aware of the the rules but you um, in this if you're giving birth in the hospital, in the system, uh, it's free. Mm. Um, Whereas if you want a home birth for your first child, you have to pay out of pocket. Mm. Um, And at the time it was 40,000 Swedish Mm. krona. And at the time I wasn't prepared to pay that. Um, So as my birth of my pregnancy progressed, I was thinking should I go home to the UK and give birth there Mo- like, go to my parents house and then but I worked right up until 2 weeks before she was due so I obviously couldn't fly um you know I had so many oh how should I do it and this was way before I heard anything about free birth I didn't know anything about that and I was so I hadn't read any books um I was just unprepared basically and I didn't know anything (laughs) um and I thought I had to go to all my prenatal checks with the midwife and that was so stressful so stressful I had to take time off work to go to the the um checkup and you never knew how long it was going to be so should I go back to work um and it was like quite regular you for your first birth there's quite a few mm. um and it was testing and it was blood work and i'm rh negative and my husband is rh positive ah mm. uh, so Which sadly You I, were then offered anti d and i and- was uh so i decided to to birth um in the hospital mm. That was how it ended. Um, And at my last um, prenatal appointment, um, the midwife said I measured too small. I'm doing air quotes for anyone listening. Um, (laughs) So she booked me in for an ultrasound. Yeah, I did ultrasound as well. (laughs) Um, And the morning of the appointment for the ultrasound, I woke up and I was feeling really crampy. I felt like there's something happening. Um, my husband went to work and I said, oh, can't you just stay at home today? And he was like, no. <laughs> he didn't understand why. I was just, I just had this feeling. I was like, nah. So he was going to come home anyway and drive me. Um, and we took our bag, took, took my bag with mm. Just In Case. Um, and I i went for a walk. I took the dog for a walk and then Stuff was happening and I was having to walk around on this walk like breathing through and people were looking at me like what's she doing why is she standing there breathing (laughs) um and then I got home and he came and picked me up and that car ride was just the worst Mm. like Oh, it was so uncomfortable. And now I've just thought, we, I could have just sat in a different position, obviously, but, you know, you're, like, so ingrained. You have to sit in your seat with your seatbelt mm. on. <laughs> yeah. um, and I i did phone the hospital because it felt so unnecessary to do an ultrasound if the birth process was starting. Yeah. I said, do I really need to come? Because things are, uh, yeah. like, starting and she said, yeah, you need to come anyway. Uh, uh, yeah. So we went anyway. And the appointment was for um, 11 o'clock in the morning. Um, And... Uh, <laughs> touring oh yeah I remember when I got back from uh from taking the dog for a walk I put um Sam Cook on and I was dancing around to the very best of Sam Cook like it was so I loved that <laughs> love that part <laughs> should have just stayed at home <laughs> um uh so two days prior to the birth I woke up and it was there was some fluid in the bed and I wasn't sure if I'd wet myself or as you can do at the end. <laughs> um, or if my waters were starting to release. And that was also ingrained from the midwife. She said, As soon as you feel like your waters have released, you need to phone the hospital. So I phoned them and I said, I'm not sure if I've uh peed myself or if it's the waters releasing. Um so that was in my notes. So that's an important factor. Uh, ah, for the I see. Mm-hmm. And another thing yes. Yeah. Just-
1: that's important to know is that you get mm. really juicy just the weeks mm-hmm. before birth you can get like super juicy and so it can just be natural naturally you know yeah. you're lubricating and it's also um that discharge is what is preparing your vagina to also inform the baby's immunity and you know so it's really mm. really juicy down there and sometimes it just feels like yeah, yeah it's a lot but it's actually normal yeah
0: yeah i know so it wasn't as much as waters like a whole your waters releasing it yeah um yeah (laughs) but you know it could have been just you know it is uh, exactly what you're saying definitely Mm -hmm. um so we got to the hospital and in the waiting room I'm like eh, going through these uh contractions or the birth process and there are, there's a room full of, a waiting room full of couples all waiting for their first ultrasound and the whole room is staring at me. And I feel so like, uncomfortable and I'm just like, eh, trying to get in the zone and breathing through it. And they're, they're all looking at me like, why is she here? Yes, She's in the fair. wrong department. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Everyone can and of course, that, yeah. <laughs> Of course I'm the last to go in. So the whole right waiting room's like watching me and then they're all gone and it's my turn. Um and I entered the room and the ultrasound technician um did the ultrasound. Uh all the while I was having contractions. And um she said that my baby was was on the small side according to the ultrasound which isn't Oh, uh, yeah, 100% accurate. Oh, no, we're
1: Screening tool that's um, wrong, yeah.
0: Yeah. And um she offered to check how dilated I was.
1: Uh, wait, wait, was... the
0: ultrasound technician? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she said she was. um uh, a midwife as well so yeah (laughs) don't worry (laughs) but you know that doesn't tell you anything either um but she she checked I didn't know and she checked and she said you're four centimeters dilated so you can just head up we walk up to the um the reception and and I was put in a room and just had to lie there For ages and ages before anyone came to check on me, and I don't want to be lying down. I want to be moving about. Mm -hmm. I was lying there waiting, and obviously just in pain because I I want to be moving. I don't want to lie here. Mm -hmm. Um, and then so that woman checked me. The midwife then then came in, and she uh, took me into um, the the delivery room. And she immediately started to put an IV and I said, What's, what are you doing? And she's like, because your waters have released, we need to do antibiotics. But she didn't check to see if my waters had released. She It's just in my notes from two days prior. Right. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. My The midwife and the nurse, you, you get two in Sweden. Um, a midwife and a nurse mm. and they came on to their shift and it was lovely because they were there for the entire birth. They came mm. on as I came in and they went off their shift as she was born
1: mm. and they were
0: both very, very lovely. Um, so so that was really, I was very, very lucky in that sense. i I've, I realized that not a lot of women experience that that they have the same midwives it's like midwives coming back and forth yeah. back and forth and new ones coming and yeah um, so you? anyway and like you're in the hospital that's just how it goes. yeah yeah exactly course. exactly mm-hmm. um and so I told them I didn't want any pain relief and they looked at me like Uh, I was mad and they later on told me that they had gone and spoken to their colleagues and said haha we have a first-time mum thinking she's going to do it without pain relief they told (sighs) me this after
1: yeah that is unfortunately the view by a lot of more medical midwives and and more of a that tells you the medical ward that you're on in a sense you know that yeah. yeah, They're not used to and also for natural birth.
0: Absolutely, and and they've never seen normal physiologic birth. So, you know, thought, <laughs> that's what they believe. That's they've probably seen so many <laughs> things. Yeah. Um. And I had because I was so I really wanted to be at home but I brought um, my CD player with me with CDs and I put <laughs> them on like a repeat. So they went on and on and on. Um, lovely friends of my mum's actually that, that have recorded the CDs. Um, and so that was very comforting to me to have like a piece of home with me. Mm. Um, and the they were pretty hands off, uh, to be honest, the, the staff. Um, And I think they thought it was going to take longer. So they didn't really come in loads, which was really lovely. (laughs) Um, Because they were so busy. They were, you know, here, there and everywhere. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Um, So that was really nice. So I I appreciated that. But they were very, very focused on the machines. Like, what's the machine telling me?
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Because you obviously Um, also then had a CTG on.
0: Uh, towards the end. Yeah. 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 That's right. That CTG. Yes. And then actually uh, electrodes at the end as well. Um, and I'll get to that. <laughs> and um, I do remember being completely in the zone, you know, that beautiful place yeah. where you you go and fetch your baby, like that in between world. I remember clearly like getting into that zone, but then being pulled out of it every time I was disturbed. So every time they came in to check on me, um, ask the question, um, uh, everything, I I was pulled out of it. So I I know I was in that zone because they pulled me out of it. Um, And... After, uh, and I, oh, I do remember when I was in that zone, they, I could hear them talking and they were asking what was wrong with me. They thought I was in some sort of like psychosis or something.
1: Because yeah. I've never seen a woman <laughs> have a physiological birth. Yeah.
0: Mm,
1: very interesting and sad.
0: Yes, very Mm. So after a few hours, I felt the urge to push and the midwife noticed this and she said, "Uh, are you pushing? And I was like, yeah. (laughs) How many
1: hours had Um, you been there then? What was the time around that time?
0: Yeah. So um, from start to finish, it took um, six hours. But, you know, the ultrasound was at 11 Mm. and she was born at um, uh, 11 minutes past seven in the evening. Right. So we were there in a total of seven hours, like mm. from start to finish. Mm. Um <laughs> yeah, and uh just totally, uh, totally in awe of how I remember the feeling, how in awe I was of my body that just took over. I didn't have to do anything, my body just did it all. Mm. Uh, such an amazing, amazing feeling. Mm. Uh, and, um, and I felt like I needed to poo, of course. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so she, she they gave me a stool to sit on, and um, and also they said I needed to um, empty my bladder. Mm. And that is also an important thing to remember for my next birth and they asked would I like to try myself or or should they put a catheter in and I would said well I would like to try myself please <laughs> <laughs> but obviously with a room full of people well full of people it was two the midwife the nurse my husband mm-hmm. and they're all standing there staring at me and you know so you want to to be able to pee yeah. by yourself, yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> pee and poo, and yeah. give birth. <laughs> um, so I, 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 just couldn't do it. So they then, because uh, there was on a, they were on a time, constraint. constraint so they yes. put in a catheter. Um, and I was standing up this entire time, but they then suggested, and I was on the Pilates ball for a bit, but they suggested that I jump onto the bed. Um, and I wish I had just stayed on the standing up because by the time I had scrambled up onto this bed, I was exhausted, Mm. so exhausted that I could just lay on my back. And they were, they were saying, they were asking me, listen, do you want to be, you might maybe try a different position because I think they're taught these techniques like hands and knees is mm. uh, or, or, you know, a different position that's more optimal. Mm. But I was so exhausted from scrambling up onto this bed that I just could lie flat on my back. Um, um, and the midwife told me then to reach down and feel my baby's head and I felt like lots of hair uh, and but obviously I would have liked to have made that decision myself you know not be told why don't you reach down or you know you just, I would rather have like reached down myself or if I'd wanted to or whatever but it was so cool feeling all this, all this hair <laughs> um and uh, just as as the head like was about to emerge, oh, first of all, that was when my waters released, just before she was born. And the midwife said, "Oh, those were your waters. Did you feel that? Oh <laughs> <he said>, yeah." <laughs> and she said, "Oh, that's so strange. Hasn't anyone checked you because she knew that the other midwife had put an IV in?" I thought, she's like oh my god did nobody check you um so uh anyway so then as the head was about to emerge the electrodes came out and they pressed the button and it was all like ah and all these people ran into the room but I was completely in the zone I didn't even notice them and she said after she's like did you notice that a whole bunch of people ran in here I was like no nope. <laughs> And she said, "Oh, the, the electrodes came off, and and I pressed the button, but it was okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. So it's a thing to
1: do. Why would you press the button when the head is out? I mean, then your baby's almost born. You will. You will. I know. Yeah. That's the reliance, the incredibly overmedicalized system that is relying so much." on the machines that you're actually not holistically looking at the picture your baby is going to be born Mm -hmm. in the next contraction if you need help then when the baby's out then you would call for help but why would you do it before just because your monitoring is not working for another minute or two before the baby's actually born that is just mind boggling to me but actually Mm -hmm. at the same time it's not because that's what i've witnessed in the system for years yeah and of course Um, why I've chosen myself to step out of that system because it is you get you get desensitized you get over-reliant on on those machines and you Mm. get fearful you know it is unfortunately a system that just creates fear of actually but just normal just normal birthing women expecting Mm -hmm. them to need help before they actually do and creating and causing troubles because of it I just want to stop ourselves and just like if you didn't realize that So your waters hadn't broken. You had been given antibiotics throughout your labor for no Mm -hmm. good reason, which is, it's it's really important to understand that antibiotics, they're really, really strong. They're really high doses. Mm. They really affect you. Antibiotics, you should not take that lightly. And, and even, you know, even if you have had your waters broken, there's always a risk and a benefit from all medications that you ever take. And, did anyone actually talk to you about the risks and the benefits of actually having the antibiotics in the first place?
0: Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And had I known everything that I know now, yeah. I know that I could have refused. Yes. Albeit, albeit, like, uh, I probably would have had a lot of... Um,
1: Argumentation around it.
0: Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, and... But, yeah, absolutely. I would have definitely... There's, there's no... Ugh, yeah no no information she just put it in without consulting me or telling me what why well she did say because your waters are broken but she didn't say why that was what yeah. her reasoning was and that's um,
1: the thing when the waters are broken yes you add up your you do have a risk of bacteria traveling up and there can be an infection which is still very rare and you know, yeah, there's but always that's... risks and benefits. And you can, you know, if that's something, you go with waters broken for forty-eight hours, seventy-two hours, and maybe you I sort of think about, okay, you know, the risk is a bit higher. But you know, first of all, you hadn't broken your waters, and you know, it's yep. it's something that you always have to check.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and but also, why is there a risk for infection? Because they're doing vaginal exams yeah. during, yeah. <laughs> Um, increasing that risk um, so back um, to the
1: birth the head is born the, the yeah, Yes. you, are, you uh, birth, although don't know that there's people around you ready to save your baby because they think that the electrodes <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah and like the, the rest of her then slipped out and hmm. she was put onto my chest somebody hmm. else took her and put her onto my chest and then the midwife kept calling the baby him, mm-hmm. <laughs> him, 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 him. And then she said after a while, oh, I keep calling him him, but it's maybe I should check. <laughs> and, uh, and my husband had already whispered in my ear that it's a girl. <laughs> mm. So, um, yeah, and she was born with a full head of hair and so much hair, so much black hair. Um and then the midwife told me that I'd torn. Um, oh, maybe I should say the, the placenta um just came out after I I actually don't know. I should probably check that out, but it, it I don't think it took long mm. to come out. Um what I as I remember. And then the midwife told me I'd torn, and I think uh, that's because I was lying on my back. Um and she asked if i'd like gas and air and i was like well i've just given birth without it why would i want it now (laughs) i I don't i don't have to use it i don't
1: Mm. yeah doing the stitches it depends some women might you know might find it comforting to have something (laughs) that they can control while they're getting stitched but Mm. yeah
0: Mm. oh yeah so just back to the the antibiotics, that's very important. Thank you for bringing that up. Um, they're very strong and also they affect the baby. So the whole um, giving birth vaginally is like completely, not completely, um, but um, out of uh, what am I looking for? Unnecessary or, you know, because obviously you want a vaginal birth uh, if possible, or I do at least. Um but then you've you've like all that lovely bacteria yeah. gone.
1: Yeah, it's compromised for sure. Yeah. It's very mm. much affecting the microbiome of your baby as well. Yeah.
0: Mm. Yeah. Um yeah, so I got stitches. Um and I if I'd known now what I know, if I'd known then what I know now, I wouldn't have had stitches. Um and oh yeah it's just a funny funny part of that story so during the um the birth process the midwife and the she asked me if I wanted a smoothie and I was like in my brain uh, I was like imagining this gorgeous green smoothie like celery avocado and they come in with this like pink sludge and I took a sip and I was like oh my God, I can't drink that that's disgusting it was so sweet and fake and horrible <laughs> and I was like what are we gonna do with this smoothie because they kept encouraging me to drink it drink your smoothie now drink your smoothie <laughs> uh so I was <laughs> like so, you're gonna have to drink this I said to my husband you drink it <laughs> and um and he did he drank it for me <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but so then good. later on we were like why did not we just pour it down the sink yeah a sink
1: in there. <laughs> you didn't want it. or you could just say actually I don't want it that's also totally fine I, I guess they I just wanted to give you some glucose some sugar to help yeah. you with <sighs> energy and that's great though you know to women listening like you know to make sure you have stuff that can give you energy you know bring your own stuff yeah. that you know, do your own green mm-hmm. smoothie if you want to do that or have frozen grapes yep. or um coconut water or anything that Yes, I had energy. all those
0: things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Um because I I I um avoid refined sugar, so I had all loads of salad prepared stuff and had my coconut water and all that. So yeah. Mm. But that, we had loads of that for the, the postpartum as well, because I'll get yeah. get get to that. <laughs> um
1: so in spite though um, of you know this was your first obviously experience as you said you didn't yes. maybe prepare that much which yes. is so common and um, mm-hmm. you know also financially thinking you know which is of course you know it's a big thing to to pay for yourself um, but after knowing maybe what you know now or for women listening you know it's obviously one of the most important events in your life.
0: Oh and goodness.
1: yeah and we spend money on other things and you can always do a payment plan like there's always ways to mm-hmm. do things right yeah but it also sounds like you had you know you did have a physiological natural normal really uh you know straightforward in a sense, birth within the system obviously there's lots of components that I can really hear in your story that obviously now is hurting you or has been something that you've had to kind of process um -hmm. well you know what um pearls of wisdoms did you take from this birth within the system what what made you then feel you know guided towards actually fully going the other spectrum and going into having a free birth for the next one
0: Mm. um so for me i know that a lot of women would consider that natural because there was there was no pain relief or anything. And the, the midwives did actually come in after their shift had ended and they said, This is the end of our shift, but we just wanted to come in and thank you for such a beautiful birth. They had never seen it. And I at the time I thought that's so weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but now I know that they've never they've never seen it before. Yeah. Um And um, I would say, so for me, I would say that it wasn't a natural birth because for me, just the very act of leaving my home is unnatural. Mm. Um, But yes, I was very, very lucky in the system. Um, Yes, definitely. And pearls of wisdom, like that you you literally need nothing mm. um uh you know apart from these four cornerstones uh for a, a natural physiological birth like dark uh, dark room um warmth a sense of being safe and and in a secure place that you feel safe and and the feeling of being totally unobserved and undisturbed. Mm. Um, yeah, that's. Um, and if, hospital birth pearls of wisdom. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would say so. I didn't have a doula, but I know so, so many doulas now. And if you're birthing in the hospital mm. to have that support mm. with someone who knows mm. what they're talking about and they can advocate for you your husband is watching or partner or whatever they're watching you like and they have no idea what's going on yeah they we've seen all we see is uh, on TV and films and in the media. Men usually running in in white coats and saving the day, and uh, and like th- that's what we women and men are used to seeing. And so he's not going to advocate, or he or she's not going to advocate for you. So just having a support person that, that could do that. And holding um,
1: that sacred continuity of care space well. absolutely. Yeah. 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 Beautiful. Um, so so when um, you then felt pregnant with your second, mm-hmm. you, you had you had this experience before. And did you did you do the radical birthkeeper before or after you had your after second? she was gone. Okay. So mm-hmm. between those two though, you you obviously decided to have that free birth before doing that radical birth keeper. And, and, mm-hmm. uh, so what kind of healing and preparation and understanding, you know, from that first birth did you get and, and kind of inform yourself for the second?
0: Yeah. I'll just, um, say also, um, because I think it's so, so important. It's something that's very close to my heart postpartum in that birth. I didn't honor it we were kept in for two nights because she was born in the evening and in Sweden, after 24 hours, your baby has to be checked out and or has to, but uh, I'm sure you can refuse a that Baby doctor, well. um, yeah. Yeah. Has to, they, yeah. And then sign you out and they, we just wanted to go home. We, were, mm. we just wanted to go home straight away. Mm. And they said, ha, good luck having a doctor come in at. Seven o'clock at night because that would have been 24 hours. So we had we were sta- stayed in for two nights. Whoa, I know, and I think because it's still in my notes that my water's released, they never amended that. Mm. So they came in all the time right. and checked on my baby. Oh no, it, it f- I know it felt to me like they were in every 20 minutes, but if I look at my notes, it's it says they're in every two hours. Wow, but it felt like, yeah, yeah. It felt like every time she fell asleep, um, they would come in. (laughs) To check her temperature and stuff like that. Yeah. 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 And I think that that has really disturbed her sleep um, pattern because she was a terrible sleeper and she always just wanted, like most all babies, that they want that contact. But we had to rock her to sleep all the time for every nap, every And she would only sleep if she was in contact with us. Mm. Um, Yeah. I think uh, she she just never, ever slept. I think that really, um, really changed her sleep pattern. Mm. Them coming in and disturbing all the time. For anyone listening,
1: just like the reasoning Mm. around this is so they still, for some reason, didn't amend that. So they thought that you'd broken your waters. You, you know yeah. that you've been given antibiotics and so they thought that your baby was then at a higher risk of infection and so that's why they came yeah. in i think it's crazy it's just yes, like two you. hours and um, that's a little bit too much i think um mm-hmm. even for that <laughs> but um yeah. that's the reasoning and and again it's the also you know it's that system thinking that instead of informing the parents that so there's a higher risk Well, now it wasn't even, so if they even had asked you, actually just asked you, you would have been able to say, I didn't break my waters before birth. I am not at higher risk, so that would have been solved. So that's one wrongdoing that they didn't even ask you. That was the case and obviously you didn't know and you shouldn't know like it's not the parents um responsibility mm. to know absolutely everything uh, ins and outs <laughs> about the system you know and, <laughs> and then secondly, you know instead of informing the parents going if it was then a higher risk saying you know just be really vigilant on keeping an eye on your baby you know these are the signs of infection fever or you know all these different things and giving the power Back to the parents, mm. their responsibility mm-hmm. also back to the parents, going, You can check your baby. You're constantly breastfeeding. You're constantly having your baby skin to skin. You mm-hmm. are the first person to know if your baby is a bit off, if your baby is having signs of infection. And if you inform the parents, imagine that. Imagine that. <laughs> that kind of care. That yeah. is woman centered. Yeah. That, is, that is, you know, parent centered. That
0: is what actually should be happening. Yeah. Mm. Mm, yeah anyway. and uh, <laughs> like you're saying give it back to the parents but never take it from the, never mom, take from the it, beginning yes. yeah. Yeah.
1: do you want a natural birth mama then a the natural birth course might be for you do you see birth as a rite of passage and an important and transformational event that you'd like to feel fully empowered in meeting? Are you, like many other women, realizing that it is time to take back your power as a birthing woman in the birth space and birth your baby your way? Would you like to feel calm and confident as you birth your baby with all the tools you need in order to meet the labor sensations naturally and be ready body, mind and soul? Do you deeply down know that your body was made to birth your baby and that you have all the inherent power and inner wisdom to do so? Are you looking for holistic midwifery wisdom and guidance to assist you and give you all the evidence-based information you need in order to feel fully sovereign in your decision making around your pregnancy and upcoming birth? Then The Natural Birth Course is for you. Find out more at thenaturalbirthcourse.com
0: postpartum I was very stoic um and I had never had um uh, anyone else model for me that those that's a sacred time mm. to connect with your baby mm. and you know just lie and breastfeed have people do stuff for you mm. um all that and and so I just you know carried on as usual I took the dog for a walk it was February it was freezing cold and snow and I got plugged milk ducks and I was had a temperature and I was walking around with the dog and I was like trying to hold back my tears because I was in so much pain (laughs) Um, Yeah, so that was that postpartum.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so the takeaway there and for every woman listening is like honor your postpartum, right? It's just such a sacred time and you can avoid Mm. so many issues from just resting and caring for yourself. And the things that do come up, uh, you can handle better if you just have already planned those 40 days at least to just care Mm -hmm. so deeply for you, breastfeeding and all of that. Okay, so that yeah. was a wild initiation. Yep. Uh,
0: yeah. The, and like, like it, yeah, yeah. I found her birth amazing. Don't get me wrong, mm. I, I, I. It was the most amazing day of my life, mm. but there were so many things that were unnecessary and could have been avoided. Mm. Sorry so for
1: interrupting. Go on. <laughs> yeah. so share with us now, you, you, you know, you had a few years before falling pregnant. Was that a conscious conception? The second one, were you already kind of planning a free birth or was that kind of, you got pregnant and you go, okay, how I'm going to birth this time. What was the story for you?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, because, uh, I had wanted, I wanted a water birth with my first as well and a home birth. I was like okay so second time around it's free you can just have a midwife but then you have to go to all your prenatal uh visits and there are certain rules that the pregnancy has to be like completely without um any no. um,
1: complications or any kind of yeah you have to be complications yeah on all yeah Thank you. All ways yeah
0: yeah um and I had two Uh, pregnancy releases Mm. both at six weeks Mm. and I had done research and found out you know the dangers of ultrasound and so the first you know they just they just released naturally um I didn't go and see anybody um and this yeah so they and they were both at 6 weeks it was very early um it did give me a sense of wow my body is so cool um it's doing what it's supposed to do there was obviously something wrong and my body's like releasing it and isn't that amazing <laughs> um but the second one, we had actually already told Isla that she was going to be a big sister, and then we had to to tell her that she that the baby had died, and she was so distraught and she was crying and I was crying and, mm. um, but I can also see like you, you, know, you maybe shouldn't have told your your daughter if it was so early, but at the same time. Normalize death and normalize mm. like as a family. Yeah, yeah. find ways to grieve together. Learn early that yeah, the
1: part of life and and how to be held and comforted in that grief.
0: Yeah, and there's a reason why people are so afraid of death, and you know, because it's it's not normalized. It's mm. you know shut away behind doors and mm. yeah, so. Yeah, I love that. It was like a healing for uh, us mm-hmm. together. Um, yeah, so then um, Riley, yes, it was a con- conscious conception, yes. <laughs> um, uh, so my, my younger daughter, Riley, she is born in 2020. Um, and on the, the day before she was born, I lost my mucus plug. And so just Glenn, I know
1: about your, so how did you choose to free birth? When did that decision happen? Yeah, sorry.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that was the question. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. So I took um, a conscious motherhood course with a woman. And she, at the time she had two children. And she's had three now. Or she's had another baby since then, I mean. And she free birthed them all. Um and I was like, oh. You can do that? <laughs> <laughs> and another woman, um she oh, she gave birth on her uh father-in-law's land or her parents-in-law and she was going to have a midwife and the midwife could hear her as she was like r- walking up out in the bush, you know. And she could hear these like really primal sounds and knew that this is it. She's giving birth now. And I was like, wow, you can give birth outside. That's wow. (laughs) That really spoke to me. And so that's kind of my initiation into free birth. And I, um I've discovered the free birth society um and I would listen to their podcasts and I think it's so amazing that you have this podcast and you're reaching so many more women in Australia and Sweden and all over the world So, you know getting the information out there amazing yes so I and I would listen to them every day and like cry along with other women and laugh and just be outraged and just overjoyed with them you know how they went from they could have gone from a traumatic birth to a free birth or yeah it's um yeah uh that's that was my initiation to free birth Mm. and then I um I read some books uh and I especially love I'm gonna write this in our chat (laughs) um Robin Lim's um uh, placenta the forgotten chakra ah love that one (sighs) Uh, but that was that's about placenta um rather than free birth but she covers um uh, that kind of thing as well in there um yeah so um I didn't go to uh any I didn't go to the midwife during for prenatal care. I had a wild pregnancy. Okay, so you decided fully to not participate at all. Engage. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I went once at, at 32 weeks mm-hmm. uh, to get proof of pregnancy. And she uh, was actually very um, open-minded. And I didn't tell her I was going to free birth, but she... Said, "Can I ask you why you?" Because she said, "I'll put you in for the next one." And I said, "No, I'm okay now. Thank mm. you." And she said, "Oh, can I ask why?" And then I, when I explained um, that I didn't feel it necessary, she said, "Okay." She was, you know <laughs> she was fine with it. So that was nice as well. I'm not. Sh- I'm sure not many women have that experience.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, this is how it should be in a system mm-hmm. that is woman centered. Um, you know, it should it should be accepted that your choice is your choice. You know, there can be an asking so that you know there might be that feeling. Oh, is it an informed choice? I mean, you know, you had a very informed choice in this decision making. It's your yeah
0: to you. yeah exactly <laughs> love that. Um, yeah so shall I go on with the birth or is there another yeah so anything, tell Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um yeah so the day before I lost my mucus plug and I didn't uh, see that with Isla the first birth so that was like oh this is new <laughs> <laughs> uh, and by then so the day after the, when she was born I was would have been considered overdue, which there is no such thing, but <laughs> um ten days mm-hmm. yeah, and uh I think at the time they were inducing women at forty one weeks here, so if I'd been in the system, I would have uh been informed mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what they do <laughs> mm-hmm. um. Uh, but anyway, so on the, the morning of the her birth, it was a lovely, lovely day. The sun was shining. Um, Isla was off. Uh, we, we just spent the day together, she and I, and we were outside. And she was playing and she was singing really funny songs and just making me laugh. I laughed the whole of that day. <laughs> and my mum... Yeah, so when Isla was born, my mum didn't live in Sweden, so I didn't have uh, any of that sort of postpartum care from her then. Um, she was here for a couple of weeks after, so I did have have her for a couple of weeks. Um, but she, her, since Isla was born, she moved to Sweden, and so she phoned me and she uh, just intuitively kn- knew that I was going to give birth that day she's a very special woman (laughs) um like a healer in all senses and she just knew and she was like waiting for me to invite her over and she was like why isn't she inviting me over and she's like what are you doing today (laughs) and then I was like oh do you want to come over and she was like yeah (laughs) so she came and I had I had asked her to be present for the book yeah. Um, and also Isla. I um, had prepared Isla by watching a birth video on YouTube and it's Natalie Alaska. And we watched that video a few times um, and it's so beautiful. I don't know if you've seen it. That was actually the their video cut out before the baby was born. And then it magically started again after the baby was born so you never see the emergence but it's like family centered it's so beautiful and Isla just loved it and we watched it and it, I think it's beautiful chorus playing in the background mm. and so I had prepared her I was fully like wanted her to be at the birth um like completely normalize it you don't need to give birth in the hospital and um yeah so that's what we did to prepare her for that and I was feeling a bit crumpy during the day. Um, and then like the day went on and we went home and we had dinner and um I put Isla to bed and I read her a book and as I did most nights during the end of my pregnancy, I fell asleep next to her. So at 9:30, um My husband went to bed and he must have like woken me up uh, when he went to bed, like just Mm. from the, you know, getting into bed. I was woken up and um, I could feel that something was happening. So I got up and I went to the kitchen and I was like, oh, these are like quite close together, these sensations and I was like I'll time them and they were like every three minutes and I was like that can't be right (laughs) I'll go back to bed uh because this could take ages and I went to lie down I "I can't lie down anymore it's so uncomfortable so I went to um the room where I had set up we call it we called it the yoga room and um I took all the put the plants off the the shelf and I or the windowsill and I pulled down the the blind and I lit all the candles and I put the fairy lights on and I had affirmations on the wall and I was going to put music on but by that point I was like oh I can't do anymore (laughs) I just need to work through these sensations and we had a Pilates ball so I was just leaning on it with my arms resting on it and I must have done that for about an hour and then I felt like I really want to have a bath Mm. and I really uh, as I wanted a a water birth with my first, I was like "Oh, so I don't really know where my second will be born, she'll choose or the baby will choose, will it be in the yoga room, will it be Mm. in the bath, will it be in the kitchen you know, I'm open to it all Mm. and so I went to the bathroom to try and run a bath and I just couldn't do it so I had to go and wake my husband up and I was like can you run me a bath and Mm -hmm. he looked at me and was like run you a bath (laughs) like in the middle of the night (laughs) completely unaware I was like yes please and then he was like oh okay (laughs) so he ran me a bath and then he went and got me my candles And then another one. So I had four candles. So it's completely dark apart from these four candles. Mm. And then I had water, coconut water and like a labor aid Mm. that I had prepared. And he put the water and coconut water by the bath and the labor aid like completely out of reach. I was so annoyed. (laughs) And then he sat down on the loo on the toilet sorry for everyone international on the toilet Mm -hmm. and I was like it's okay you can go back to bed because this might take a while so then he went back to bed and I was just hanging on uh, the tap of the bath working through my sensations and then I thought oh I need to like just change position I'll I'll see if I can lie down nope I can't lie down (laughs) and then so from Isla's birth it was still in my head about emptying my bladder because I thought no one's here to put a catheter in so I'm gonna have to remember myself keep emptying your bladder. Uh, So I got up and I went for a wee and then I was like oh something's (laughs) happening now I really had to like bear down and I was like Um, I thought my husband was asleep but he could hear the change in my Mm -hmm. voice so it was like primal three very sorry one very primal and I was sitting on the toilet and I was like wow that was intense so Wonder if something's coming I was like no I'm not going to feel because I'll just be disappointed and then I was like no I have to feel (laughs) so I put my hand down and I was like wow there's a head there's a head (laughs) and then I was like trying to get up from the toilet and I couldn't get up (gasps) and I was like no I'm gonna be one of these women who gives birth on the toilet (laughs) (laughs) gotta
1: love the toilet
0: Yes. I mean, and there's a reason why a lot mm-hmm. of women give birth in the bathroom. It's it's dark, it's usually warm, and you do your most intimate things in a bathroom. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the birth yeah. was just attending the other night. She had a baby yeah. on the
1: yeah. floor of the bathroom, almost on the toilet, but yeah. we could help her because we were we were viewing yeah. there to help her, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She
0: ended up on the floor. <laughs> So I call my husband, I'm like, "If you know, I think the baby's coming. So he rushes through and he helps me up. So on the next uh, push, her head comes out. And just the coolest thing from that birth was standing up, watching her head rotate. That was just so amazing to watch. Yeah. So then I have her head in my hands and on the next push or It's not really push, it was just like, you know, you, you, it just happens, your body just Mm. does it. Um, but on the next one, so my husband, uh, grabs her body and we lift her up onto my chest Mm. together. Mm. Um, and as soon as she was born, so, so she was out in like three of those intense Mm. sensations and like just as soon as she was born he rushes out of the bathroom and I'm like where's he going I've <laughs> just given birth and he comes back in and he like announces the time 23 46 <laughs> a quarter to 12 at night and he knew how important it was to me uh like you know because not just The day, because we—if he hadn't checked, we wouldn't have known what day she was born, as it was quarter to twelve at night. Mm. But also, you know, uh, astrologically, like, yes, she's uh, a Gemini, but what's her moon and ascendant and all that? We wouldn't have known. Mm. So that was so—that was so amazing that he remembered. (laughs) And uh, I was just like. Looking at this gorgeous baby, and it was so amazing and magical, but at the same time, so normal, Mm. so normal. And I, my mum, woke up two minutes later, and she could hear crying. (laughs) She was like, "Why is Isla crying in the middle of the night?" And she sounds like a baby. And then she was like, ding, 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 ding. It's the baby. Mm-hmm. So she comes in, the dog comes in. And <laughs> I was like, oh, my goodness, <laughs> it's a baby. And I, like, I really need to sit down. So I get back in the bath and I just sit there in the dark with my baby and I'm like, oh, five fin- uh, ten fingers, ten toes, just <sighs> like – breathing her in mm. and then my husband says what well, what is it No, I hadn't even bothered to look it wasn't important to me it was Mm-mm. just like so I had a look and she was quite swollen and the um the umbilical cord was um like between her legs so I was like oh it's a boy because it looked like a pair of balls the <laughs> swollen <laughs> Yeah. And then he was like, are you sure? <laughs> and I checked again. I was like, oh no, it's a <laughs> girl. So I got to announce my own baby's like sex this time. <laughs> and uh then I was like, quick, get Isla. <laughs> and my mum went and woke Isla up and she came in and she was like what is it and I said what do you think it is and she said it's a girl I said yes you're right and oh she um we just took some photos and I I had my friend um, kind of in line to come and take pictures she's a photographer. And I had said, can you come and photograph the birth? And A, we wouldn't have had time to have her come over because it just went so quickly. It took just over two hours. Mm-hmm. And secondly, it just would have been a completely different birth
1: yeah. if
0: I had felt she is very, very aware and she's very, um, she blends into the background if she's mm-hmm. a, if she's, taking photos but at the same time I just I feel like it would have been I would have felt observed yeah so um so I have really just not great pictures because it was so dark in there but I love them anyway mm. love the pictures Mm. Uh, but you know I see so many gorgeous pictures that Mm. are taken like professionally and I'm like oh I wish I had those pictures (laughs) Mm. but um yeah just like Family, a family birth. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then um, Isla said, Can I go back to bed now? <laughs> <laughs> so she went to bed, and I felt like the placenta was ready to come out. Mm. So I yeah I just like thought you know come on now placenta you're ready to be released I'm ready and it just kind of slipped out into the bath um and we weren't sure whether we were going to do lotus birth do you want me to explain for your listeners or do you think most yeah, people sure. know yeah absolutely we've talked um, about it a few times but it might be new listeners who okay
1: on over yeah
0: okay well um so lotus birth is when you leave the cord attached to baby and the placenta attached to baby until it falls off naturally um but i (laughs) uh i wasn't sure how i was gonna uh, if i would have the patience for it Mm. but we let it stay attached it was in a bowl for 17 hours and. yeah, so after I felt like I needed to come out of the bath and we went and sat on the sofa and we just kind of chatted. It was so calm and quiet and we just chatted for a bit and then we all kind of – my husband went to bed and mum was <laughs> so sweet. I had fallen asleep uh, on the sofa And she had the job of like washing my placenta as we weren't sure if we were doing Lotus, making sure that, I don't know, it was, that was her job anyway. And she checked it over and I have this gorgeous picture of her holding my placenta and she just, the look on her face is like, in awe of Mm. this gorgeous organ that my body grew. Mm. I love that picture um and so I'd fallen asleep and then she uh I woke up and I really needed a wee and I and I looked around and she was asleep next to me on the sofa my mom Mm. and I was like mom can you please help me (laughs) because I had like baby and the placenta in a bowl so she carried everything and I was like went for a wee and then couple of hours later, I woke up again, covered in meconium. <laughs> um, and that stuff doesn't come off. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's some sticky stuff, hey.
0: Yeah. Now I know that you can actually use, like, oil, coconut oil or something, and that is easier, but I was like, mom, can... I woke her up again. <laughs> mom, can you help me? Um, so she... Um, she helped me to like wash all that off uh, or scrub it off (laughs) um yeah so uh and I mean yeah I'm I'm aware that I wasn't I didn't have anyone no like radical birth keeper or or like a wise sister or anything but and my mum was asleep but I think just having her there energetically even though she's asleep uh, was a massive like um, help yeah yeah Um, we ended up doing a a cord burning ceremony Mm -hmm. Uh, mum's friend's husband had made me a a box and um, put on some music and smudged and we asked the placenta you know you've done your job now and we asked you know baby you know we're we're going to separate you now from your placenta and um and we did it and we burnt burnt the cord so Um,
1: can you tell the listeners a little bit about the burn cord ceremony
0: yes of course um so I had read um about cord burning and um if you do it quite when it's quite fresh it can take up to 20 minutes to burn through um but because ours was so dried out it only took four minutes <laughs> so I was imagining this gorgeous ceremony and we'd be sitting holding these candles for 20 minutes it was like four minutes poof! <laughs> 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 yeah but we put um uh, we put music on, and um, I think Mum did some drumming, um, and yeah, we held held the candles, and then. So what happens is, um, it's if you burn through a cord, it's quarterized, so you don't need to clamp it, and it is it does work in the same way as if you cut it, there is a stump left over, and then that will. F- magic <laughs> no, naturally fall off. <laughs> uh, I, I still have that little stump actually. <laughs> oh. um, and my my placenta is still in the freezer. <laughs> I I am going to bury it, but I was waiting for somewhere to bury it. And now we have somewhere to bury it. So mm. um yeah but I did all sorts with that placenta. I ate some of it. Um, in a smoothie um and yeah we're gonna yeah we did all sorts with it (laughs) I might do a tincture with it before I bury it Mm. but I want to just um bring up some important points that I always forget and I don't know why Mm. but um how nature was so so important for me during this pregnancy Mm um I would go for a walk every single day and I would go up into the woods and I had this little spot where I would always have a wee because you know at the end of your pregnancy like you need a wee all the time and it was like a fallen tree and it had like a, a, a branch sticking up so I could hold on to the branch with my big heavy belly and and have a wee there yeah just connecting with nature um and also, as soon as she was born, Riley, I had the thought, wow, I want to do that all over again. <sighs> um, and also, how healing this birth has been for my mum and just, like, the ancestral lines. Because um, mm. mum had, she had, that my sister's birth um, was so so traumatic um and she was constantly fighting to have her natural birth um and uh yeah it was so so traumatic and it's just done such healing work for mum and she's so so grateful and I'm so grateful for her as well (laughs) yeah Uh, yeah But she was, so she was my little um, birth keeper, um, postpartum birth keeper. Like she made, she was tidying and she was watering my plants and my friend came around and she was asking if she could take my daughter, older daughter out to play. And Mm -hmm. um, she emptied my dishwasher, you know. Yeah put washing on and I did um uh, the first 40 days that's another book I love the first 40 days mm. um and the fourth trimester
1: mm. so
0: I really made sure that I honored my postpartum this time around and what a difference mm. I felt so refreshed and revitalized and just amazing after mm. this postpartum <laughs> um and as a little gift to myself I um I had a doula come over and give me a rebozo massage um mm. after I think Riley was about six weeks at the time and that was amazing I love that um I, I've asked her to join our group actually mm-hmm. She's, um, yeah love that um yeah, uh anything else? Oh, the difference in <laughs> bleeding as well. <laughs> Sorry, am I am I going too far? <laughs> just the difference in um in bleeding. Um I think think I bled for six six weeks with um with Isla and with Riley I stopped bleeding after 5 days. Wow. Um and just being able to heal naturally in bed, legs together, baby on chest, mm-hmm. um, breastfeeding, mm-hmm. and that has healed my um, the stitches that they did because I I felt like numb down there
1: mm-hmm.
0: after Isla's birth, and this doing it naturally. That's just the the best way to heal. Um, if you've had stitches
1: mm.
0: yeah that was um yeah okay. um, anything else any other <laughs> questions
1: if you had a first-time mama in front of you right now who's about to have mm. her first baby and she really wants to mm. have a natural and empowering birth experience what advice mm. and pearls of wisdoms would you give to her
0: Mm. I love that pearls of wisdom I love it that's brilliant um okay so I touched on it before with um, uh, with the the cornerstones the four cornerstones and I had you know my affirmations on the wall and my fairy lights and I had my drum in that room and I was thinking I was going to do some drumming during the birth process and in the end I wasn't even in that room so I I didn't even look I didn't look once at the affirmations and I didn't uh I didn't have the fairy lights and I didn't do any drumming so you know just these four cornerstones um and then also practice listening to your intuition we uh, we're all born with this inner voice and over the years we lose touch with it for reasons um outside of you know patriarchy and uh, everything but um there are really really simple tools to like tap back into that intuition and I do I use them myself and I use them in coaching, but um another great way to like to to tap into it is to spend time in nature and like become aware of your surroundings that we are nature, nature is us. Um, and instead of listening to machines and testing and you know, other people's fear and opinions, like to, to look inside, look and inside yourself and um I I didn't tell a lot of people that I was free birthing because I didn't want to take on their fear Hmm. that's yeah um even people who knew I was having a home birth had like their little opinions and but yeah um and yeah just remember that despite what we've seen on the television films and in the media we're all descendants of women who have birth naturally Mm. we're all descendants like that lineage everyone all women ancestors elders you know ancestors have done it
1: beautiful Thank you so much, Anna, for sharing your birthing wisdom on the Natural Birth Podcast. It's been an honour to have you
0: and to know you. Oh, thank you so much for having me on and listening to my story and for all that you do and for inviting me into your your birth world (laughs) and your world.
1: thank you for listening if you love this podcast then please share it grade it on itunes and leave a comment if you want to connect on social media you can find me on facebook as the spiritual midwife or on instagram as the underscore spiritual underscore midwife thank you for listening